Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 18. So today, I think it's fair to say that most people would like to change something about their personality. You know, there's something that uh, if I could just not be this way, it would be so helpful. Well, today we're looking at a couple of the disciples, a couple of Jesus students, James and John, the Zebedee brothers. Jesus nicknamed them the Sons of Thunder. The Sons of Thunder. The Zebedee brothers were loud. They were opinionated. They were headstrong. They thundered into a room. When they came into the room, they thundered and everybody knew that they were there. They had big mouths and they would speak often. They would often speak before they thought. So you can imagine that James and John, sons of Zebedee, got into a lot of trouble more than once. Talk about all the disciples having different personalities. I think at times we we might assume that if we had a completely different type of personality, life could be so much easier. You know, whether we're quiet or introverted, or maybe we're more like James and John. We're thundering into the rooms, right? We might assume that, you know, if... If I was completely different, my spiritual life, my emotional life, my sense of connection to God, it would be so much better if I, and then fill in the blank, you know, if I wasn't so sensitive or I wasn't so negative or I wish I had more patience or I wish I was the kind of person that really spoke what was truly on my mind rather than just you know, went along with things. Well, while these these thoughts, it might be true to a certain extent, you know, whatever personality you have, I think what we'll learn in this passage is whatever personality you have, all the good and all the bad and all the in-between, God works with us whatever we are. It doesn't really matter what kind of personality we have. It's our starting point. It's our place to begin. Uh, whatever strengths we have, whatever weaknesses we have, the, the life of following Christ isn't really about completely changing our personality. It's not even possible to change our basic personality. I think it's more accurate to say following Christ is learning not to be personality-led, or maybe another way of saying it, personality-dominated. Another way of saying it is ego-led. Another way is self, uh, self-led. So I think that's a more accurate way to think about our personality is we're learning to not necessarily allow our personalities to lead when our personality conflicts with a better way. So we're always going to have our personalities. We're always going to have our preferred ways of thinking and responding and moving in the world. You know, quiet people won't become loud just because they follow Christ. Shy people won't suddenly become extroverted in the life of the party. Warriors won't suddenly become carefree 
But, and uh, you know, this is a big part of the spiritual life. It is, it def Jesus definitely does teach that a transformation and change is absolutely possible and necessary. Now, there's many different ways the New Testament speaks about that concept. Uh, the Apostle Paul uses different language altogether. He would talk about we have to die to our old ways of doing things. Uh, he uses a different kind of language. You know, he would say uh, in Galatians 2, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Well, that's not necessarily always clear what that means to us, right? I think one way you could say that would be, I'm learning how to follow Christ and not be personality-led when, when my personality is leading me in an unhelpful direction. So we're going to be looking at this this morning, this whole idea of following and, and how to put our own ideas and agenda to the side when the Spirit of God is nudging us and showing us another way, another way. So here's the story. We're in Mark 10, the Gospel of Mark 10. And the story is about the sons of thunder, James and John. As I said, they're not quiet people. They are opinionated people. They are loud. They are brash. You'll know people like the Zebedee brothers, right? When they enter a room, it's like, okay, here he comes. The son of thunder, here she comes the daughter of thunder. And in this passage, they live up to their reputation. Okay, so the story is, or part of the story is, these students have been with Jesus about three years now, so it's nearing the end of their time together. And Jesus is trying to prepare them. And if you've followed me, uh, me this last two or three weeks, this is all in chronological order. So these last two or three weeks, Jesus has been trying to prepare his disciples. They're on this journey from to Jerusalem. And this is the third time that he tries to prepare them for what lies ahead. It's going to be dangerous. Okay? Jesus' message isn't welcomed by everyone. And he tells them that as they head toward Jerusalem, he, he will be arrested and he will be handed over to his, to his enemies. And there's going to be suffering involved. And after three days, uh, the suffering, he'll suffer, he'll, he'll die, and he will rise again. Okay, no one ever, ever hears. They all stop listening long before he gets to the point of rising again. As soon as the disciples hear Jesus speak about any kind of suffering, they stop listening. So that's the context. Jesus has been telling them that things are going to get difficult. They're moving toward Jerusalem. Things are going to get difficult. But hang on in faith because ultimately God's in control. Now, I don't know exactly what the sons of thunder actually hear because they listen to Jesus and then they ask this question right out the blue. They say, Jesus... This is verse 35. Jesus, we want you to do whatever we ask. We want you to do something for us. Jesus, will you do something for us? We want you to say yes. 
We want you to do whatever we ask. That's a strange question to come right out of the blue, right? He's just been talking to them about what's going to happen in the future. Things are going to get hard. They're all going to suffer. He's going to suffer. They ignore all of that and they say, Jesus, we want you to do whatever we ask. Okay. Jesus says, okay, what do you want me to do for you? They say, well, when you come into power and glory, you know, when things work out, you know, when the kingdom comes and, and when you come into your power and your glory, we want to sit one on your right hand and one on your left hand. Now, these are places of authority and power and influence. Now, just think about this for a minute. The timing is terrible. Jesus is speaking about his death, and they're asking for positions of power and authority and clout. When things work out, Jesus, however that will be, and we know it's going to work out okay, we want to be your right-hand men. We can make sure things will get done your way, Jesus. You just say the word, and we'll take care of things for you. Kind of gives you a little bit of a clue where these guys are coming from. Jesus shakes his head, uh, verse 38, you don't know what you're asking. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup of suffering? Are you able to suffer? The sons of thunder reply confidently, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Jesus said, well, I can tell you, you will drink the cup of suffering. But to sit at my right hand and my left, that is not for me to say. I can't give you that. And then all the others, the other 10 students, the disciples who are listening in, they all get angry because the Zebedees have beat them to the punch. What about them? They want powerful secure they want to be in positions of power and they want some security and they want some clout it's not just James and John and so all the disciples start to argue among them they're all getting angry and it's like a teaching moment anytime the disciples uh get angry or they start to bully one another or there's any competitiveness anytime there's any kind of powering over Jesus always uses that time as a teaching moment because it is so very common to people. I mean, everybody has Zebedee inclinations. Now, we might enact them in different ways, but everyone has Zebedee inclinations. It's more a question of will they win over us at the end of the day or will we learn to live this new way that Jesus teaches? See, the disciples, it's interesting, they're so, well, we're like them, aren't we? The, the disciples on the one hand, they want to know and follow Jesus' way. I mean, he's the rabbi. Uh, they're his, uh, they were his students, and he's bringing them this new way of living and being in the world. And on the one hand, it really appeals to them and it makes sense to them and it resonates with their hearts, as it does with us, right? When you hear something that's good and true and wise, 
it's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. I know, you know that to be true. So they have this side of them that they're really open to this new way, but they're still operating under the old way, the old system. It's like he's got this new system, but they're operating under the old system. They've left everything, they're following him, they're learning this new way, but in their minds, they're still operating, they're still thinking under the old operating system, right? And the old way is the way of manipulation, and the old way is the way of domination and getting ahead and elbowing in, right? That's the old way. That's the common way of the world. That's the world we live in. And then Jesus comes along with this new way, which is like, no, yeah, no, we're, we're, not, going to, we're not going to do what's common in the world. We're going to learn how to serve, and we're going to learn how to forgive, and we're going to learn how to love. It, it's quite a different way altogether. Uh, power is no longer from the top down in Jesus' world. Because even the most insignificant is important. Remember how remember he spoke about children and women and uh, they would have the place of honor and they would have a place of importance, which was radically different for first century Palestine. So these students, they're following Christ, but they're actually still living in their old familiar ways. They still have a need to manipulate. They still have a need to control. They still have a need to power over. Elbow ahead. Right? Jesus said, no. I have another way for you. It is not so among you, he said. It is not so among... Well, of course, actually, it was so among them. It's like a way of saying, students you got to learn another way. I know that you live in the world, and I know that you see this all around you, but I have another way for you. Sounds like this is something that, this new way, is something they, they have to learn. They're like us. They need to learn to recognize when uh, they're manipulating people to get their own way. And by the way, manipulation can be done very gently. It doesn't have to be brash and loud like the Zebedee brothers. You can be very quiet and still manipulate. It's a subtle thing, right? This isn't just something that the Sons of Thunder had to learn about or uh, the Ten Disciples. This is something that's common to people. It's common to children. I mean, children start at a young age. Think of the children that you know that can manipulate their parents, manipulate their siblings. Jesus is teaching here, it's time to, to grow up and not be led by your Zebedee inclinations. You know, from a young age, you'll see this in people, from children. You know, most control is fear-based. And Jesus certainly taught a lot about learning how to not be led by fear. Need to control happens all the time, all over the place. In families, in schools, in the government, in churches, in office, in boardrooms. Anytime people gather, 
any kind of gathering, there's, uh, there's power at play. And it takes a fair piece of uh, spiritual work, emotional work, self-awareness. There's a way of saying it. It takes a fair piece of self-awareness to not give in to the need to manipulate nor control. And the first stage is recognizing it. It's recognizing that energy that bubbles up and insists, you need to get involved here. You need to do something here. You need to get involved and you need to do something. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe that's a good question. You know, when we, when we feel these inclinations coming on to just step back and say, do I actually need to get involved here? Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't. And again, we're not all like the Zebedees. Some of us can be very gentle and persistent in our manipulation. We can be very quiet. We can be behind the scenes. But if it ends up controlling people, it's still control. It doesn't really matter how it's done. That's really common in families. Very common in families. Don't you think it would be better this way? Or don't you want to do it this way? Or wouldn't this be better? And Yeah, you know, it's, there's a difference between wise guidance and control. There's a difference between wisdom and the family member that just speaks the loudest. The problem when we're surrounded by people that give a lot of advice all the time is we don't develop the ability to listen deeply ourselves because you've always got someone else talking in your ear. You've always got your spouse. You've always got your wife. Your partner is always telling you what to do all the time. The problem having somebody always telling you what to do all the time is, is that you never really develop the ability to listen and to stand up on your own two feet. People need to, we need to grow up in our own faith and listen for ourselves. We need to learn how to grow up in our confidence that we can truly be led by God ourselves. Yeah, we can listen to advice and we can listen to other people. But we've got to learn how to be led by the Spirit. It's like the Zebedees. We'll tell everybody what to do. We'll go one at your right, one at your left. We'll be your right-hand man. Jesus is saying, no, nobody really needs that kind of help. James and John. Nobody really needs that kind of help. People need to grow up in their own faith and understanding. People need to stand up on their own two feet. Jesus' way is by far the more difficult way because it's our natural inclination to either control or just go along to get along, which is usually out of fear. Both responses are usually out of fear. It's far more difficult to entrust a situation to God and not force things. Far more difficult to wait on God's timing. Waiting's very difficult. And yes, we can give opinions, and yes, we can offer advice, and yes, we can give help, but I think what the Zebedee brothers are struggling with is the need for things to be done their way. And that ends up looking like manipulation and control. 
Now, the problem, of course, isn't restricted to our home life. It's in any workplace. Anybody who's ever worked on a committee knows this challenge, right? Anyone who's a leader, anyone who's a boss, anyone who's a manager. How can you move forward without manipulating people? How can you move forward without disregarding people who disagree with you? Right? How do you work with people who oppose you? How do you work with people who bully you? How do you survive and flourish in a work situation that tempts you to use the power that you have to get even or to pay back or to take advantage in some way? These are common, common challenges that test character. And they often test character when nobody else is looking. Jesus is saying, no, don't lord over people. I know it's common in the world. I know you hear it all the time. It's not going to be this way with you. It won't be this way with you. If you really want to help, if you really want to lead, if you really want to change the world, if you really want to make a difference, if you want to influence people for good, start developing a servant's heart, which Jesus models perfectly. And the servant's heart is basically, I think it's really quite simple. A servant's heart is, what can I do to truly help you? What can I do to truly help you? What will help you become wiser? What will help you become freer? What will help you become a more healthy, happier person? What will help you? That's the motive of a servant's heart. It's not, you need to do what I say. You need to listen to me because I know what's best. And I mean, even if you do know what's best, wisdom knows when to be quiet. The motive of the servant's heart is always, what's really best for you? And that's an entirely different motive than the Zebedee brothers. Because the Zebedee brothers at this point in their growth are like, what's best for us? We want to be one on the right and one on the left and we'll take care of things for you, Jesus. We know what's best. Ah, still very common, isn't it? Zebedee types of people need to rein in their power and become aware of it. While the ones that normally listen to the biggest and the loudest need to learn how to stand their ground and not just go along to get along. Not just give in. Not change course just because someone else says so. Yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. Whatever way you tend to move toward, it's like, oh, wow, that could cause a lot of trouble. Imagine if you really started to Stand your own ground. I think that's why Jesus said, oh, in regard to family, by the way, following me doesn't always bring peace because it's not going to be life as usual. We're moving toward true life here. We're moving toward healing. Zebedee types need to rein in. And those that just go along to get along need to stand in their own power and move ahead and make their own decisions. Mm -hmm.
yeah, it's something to ponder. You know, do I need to learn how to stand my ground? Or release my ground, like James and John? Do I need to learn how to back off? Or do I need to be brave and speak out? What is becoming, what is becoming Christ-like look like for me? And it's always going to, I'll answer that question, it's always going to look like you're becoming more whole and you're becoming more like yourself as you were created to be. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to the wisdom of Jesus in regard to manipulation and control. Yeah, there's another way to live in the world, Jesus taught. Our personalities, our first reactions do not need the last word. They don't need to lead the way. We get to choose another way to live. Not controlling, not fear-based. Yeah, there's there's the heart cry, there's the prayer. Help us be led by the right impulses. What is truly the best for everyone here? not just me. Thank you for joining me. Join with me again next week for another episode of Celtic Preacher.